Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. This is your host, James, as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So we're going to jump right in. This past week um, has been a really good one. Um, Hopefully you guys have had a pretty awesome week. Actually, I know you have if you're a Nintendo fan, because Nintendo did uh, their latest Nintendo Direct Showed off a bunch of games, showed off a bunch of trailers, gave some release dates. It's pretty exciting stuff. Now, I'm not going to spend this whole podcast talking about every single thing that they revealed, but I'm definitely going to, you know, point to the things that interested me the most. Um, Firstly, starting off with Mario Party, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, You know, I am someone who... I enjoy like I don't enjoy competitive games, but I do like party games. And uh, this is, you know, this is absolutely the exception. Um, You know, it's one of those games you can just sit around with family and friends and, you know, kick each other's butts and, you know, certain mini games. And, you know, everybody feels like a winner at the end of the day. So I'm always hyped up for uh, Mario Party. You know, I never fail to uh, play one on any Nintendo console that's ever been out. You know, Mario Party has definitely been a staple, you know, in in the lifespan of me owning a Nintendo console. So, yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for this one. Um, Definitely going to give me a reason to call the long-lost, you know, friends who I haven't seen in a while just so I can remind them that I'm uh, still the king of (laughs) Mario Party. Um, Monster Hunter... Rise had a uh, trailer, um, which was pretty dope. And, you know, the one thing that I like, I don't play Monster Hunter Rise, to be quite honest. Um, But, you know, again, what what I'm mostly excited for is just the investment that Capcom has taken in order to keep the fans happy, you know, and giving them, you know, more to do and giving them a full worth of you know the time that they spend playing monster hunter on switch um because a lot of people who play on switch maybe didn't have the opportunity to play monster hunter world uh back when it released um you know some time ago and this is you know this is uh definitely in line with that experience i enjoyed monster hunter world a lot i felt like it was more accessible uh, than the normal uh, titles and you know this one basically falls falls in line with that so it's always good to see um, see you know uh, properties get support and uh, you know able to lengthen their their time in the spotlight um, I think Monster Hunter Rise uh, has been taken as a very as a generally favored game on the Nintendo Switch. So again, I'm, I'm excited for those who are fans of this particular title and hopefully they have fun with the uh, DLC because it really looked good. I might have to jump on it uh, just in the consideration of what I saw. Um, one of the things that really, um, you know, got my attention was 
the uh, Castlevania Advance Collection, which, um, you know, I've been playing Castlevania since the very beginning. And um, I remember when I had the uh, Game Boy Advance, um, you know, these titles were absolutely, you know, they had, you know, like if you had a Game Boy Advance, you had to have one of the Castlevanias. Um, you know, I played Circle of the Moon, um, but I wasn't really invested in that game. So I didn't really give Circle of the Moon as much of the attention that it deserved. Um, however, Harmony of Dissonance was, is actually one of my all time favorite uh, Castlevania games next to uh order of ecclesia like that's that right there is like hands down my favorite like that's the one um and also aria of sorrow which uh, is the beginning chapter to uh soma cruz's um uh games uh that he's featured in uh they continue that series on the ds um but again like the advanced titles amazing like um i you know like i remember thinking to myself especially when i was playing circle of the moon i was thinking you know i enjoy castlevania but you know this is just a little uh, it's it's a little too less you know like it, it just like i couldn't really see much of my character and it was just hard to play um you know and and envision myself in that universe but like I said, I don't know what they did with Harmony of Dissonance, but I was able to latch on with that one. I've never played Aria of Sorrow. To be quite honest, I've never played any of the Soma Cruz titles. Um, but, you know, I, I know that they are highly favored uh, with Nintendo handheld fans uh, across the board, um, Castlevania fans across the board. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm definitely excited to give this one a try and as a bonus as a bonus um they actually packed in dracula x which um you know it's so funny the story of dracula x um you know for a long 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 time it was a a game that was um exclusive to japan and and hadn't made it over to domestic shores um but then you know there were you know, it became available um, in different manners, you know, one way or the other. Um, more, most recently, it's been in a lot of different collections. Um, but it's actually really cool that they, you know, pack in, you know, such a robust game on side of, you know, the uh, the advanced titles, which are, you know, for, for the price, I think that that game makes this whole package a steal um, at 20 bucks. So 20 bucks, you get the three advanced games. Um, you know, you get the one console worthy game and yeah, lots of Castlevania to be playing. So um, and and Nintendo, I, I love when they do their directs and, you know, they make an announcement and it's like this is out today. It's like, oh, my gosh, like I'm sitting here watching you talk about something that I want to play and I almost want to stop watching you talk about it so that I can actually go and play it right now. So shout out to all my friends who are fans of Castlevania. Hopefully that surprise hits you as hard as it hit me. Um, I haven't uh, purchased the collection yet, but I am definitely, uh, I'm definitely going to do that. Um, 
one of the other cool uh, uh, <clears throat> trailers was for um, Kirby. Um, you know, it's so funny. I, I love when Nintendo does the trailers where they kind of show the 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 scene you know they stage the scene first you don't get any hint of the protagonist you basically are just getting you know the you know a, a telltale in the art style but you know it takes you a moment because you're like okay is this a is this a mario game are they going to do a peach game you know or or a toad game or you know is, uh, is this a new ip is this splatoon like what what is this um and it it actually turned out to be a Kirby platformer, and it actually looks really really good. I've never played a Kirby game in my life. Um, you know, I know that you know the first Kirby game came at the latter end of the Nintendo NES life cycle, um, but there was the transition to Game Boy, and I know there was a lot of games that were offered up, to, you know, up to that point. But I just never, you know, I never really had a liking uh for kirby outside of uh of smash like smash it was just always a known thing that um you know kirby was was definitely a player you wanted to to pick and i i, I love playing as kirby on smash um when i get the chance but it's really cool to see uh <clears throat> you know one of nintendo's biggest ips uh get a standalone you know title that you know looks like it's on par with you know the latest super mario and it just it looks really fun and i think this is going to be a real uh love letter to the fans who have been so dedicated to playing kirby all these years and this is definitely going to be one of those games that i end up picking up because i i do enjoy platformers and if there's any time to invest in a character like kirby this is probably going to be that moment um the other thing that I know a lot of people have been anticipating and they finally, you know, put it out there. Um, they announced the Nintendo 64 integration um, with the Nintendo online. It's now the way that they announced it is a little different because basically what they announced was an expansion pass. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't even remember how much I pay a year for the Nintendo online. I know it's not a lot. It's actually like trivial. The amount like I like I like it's so trivial. Like I don't even I don't even bother to like monitor it because it's so little. It's such a small amount for such a big payoff. Um, <clears throat> but this expansion pass um, is going to give gamers the ability to add nintendo 64 and oh i didn't say that right nintendo 64 <laughs> if you if you've seen the video on youtube you you'll get it <laughs> that was so cringy but anyway um yeah they they're gonna give you the ability to um add on nintendo 64 and also um sega genesis now the nintendo 64 announcement that one was the most hype um because they were showing, you know, a lot of the um, standard fare that you would expect Nintendo to launch this thing with, you know, a lot of, you know, Mario, um, you know, uh, Legend of Zelda, a lot of Pokemon, just a lot of the basic stuff that you would expect. But I'm telling you like this, 
if I buy into this, actually, it's not even an if, because here's the thing. I don't know how much it is. It's going to, I don't know how much this expansion pass is going to be, but if it's in addition to what I'm already paying, which I think is pretty trivial, they can just take, they can tax me. They can totally tax me. If it's an extra five, 10 bucks, I'm, I'm all for it just so I can have the capability of, of playing, uh, some, some really sweet games. Um, I'm not the hugest Nintendo 64 fan, but I remember my standout titles that I enjoyed playing. And I hope, 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 like if, you know, if they're going to go and put out some really good titles, I'm hoping to see, you know, GoldenEye 64. I want to see Gauntlet 64, like the Midway Gauntlet, that that the arcade button masher like that game was legit. I mean, me and my friends used to sit around and we used to play the heck out of that game like we like i think that was like the that was at the beginning uh stages of of arcades dying because i would much rather at that point sit at home and you know try to beat bosses with three of my friends than play that game in the arc in the arcade and like pump quarters into that machine so man we used to have so much fun with gauntlet 64 um quest 64 and i'm going to tell you why because a lot of you will bag on quest 64 and say it's not a good game that was one of the first games that i ever received on the nintendo 64 and i have so much nostalgia and so much love for that game and i think everybody should play quest 64 because it's super super cute and super super fun um yeah they they have to bring that and um they should also bring uh, one of the other games I got when I first got my my Nintendo 64, which is um, Shadows of the Empire. They have to bring that. Um, if they bring Shadows of the Empire, that that will just that'll just seal everything for me. Um, and I mean, there's there's a litany of other titles. Obviously, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody has some favorites on that system. Um, I would love to see them bring NBA Hangtime. Um, you know, I don't know how likely they would be able to do something like that because of, you know, player licensing and stuff. And a lot of those players aren't in the aren't in the NBA anymore and, you know, whatever. But, you know, like if they could, I would totally love to play that. Um, as far as the Sega Genesis thing, I'm kind of like on the fence about how I feel about that, because like we've we've just recently been, you know, like we got we had the Sega Mini come out, you know, we've had the collections i mean they've they've been releasing sega collections for like years right and if you're if you're a console collector or you have multiple consoles that you play i'm pretty sure across your entire library you probably have you know several collections of these sega titles and you know the lineup you know changes here and there but usually it's the same standout stuff it's usually going to be your sonic twos your golden axe your altered beast you know like it's your it's your basic stuff and yeah they had they had some titles in there um that were more obscure i can't think of it right now i just know i was looking i was like i've never seen that i've never heard of that but and that's the one thing i do like about um nintendo online is that it's really a hub for um lost games or unavailable games that you know we as fans you know of video games haven't played because they were only available in in some other country maybe they were only available in europe or you know a version that was only available <clears throat> in japan so you know they they collectively you know um archive these games 
and make them readily available for anybody who invests in the online uh you know uh subscription and it's it's super cool i think that's really awesome um so you know again like i i say all that to say like the sega stuff is cool but i'm i you know like i have most of those games you know i have most of that stuff it's like i don't know it just it just seems like a cheap addition um but you know as a sega fan you know like if they're gonna really kind of perk me up i you know they can do it with a little shining force maybe put eternal champions on there with some online capabilities um i would love to see columns i love columns um thunder force 3 if they put thunder force 3 on there like i said about uh shadow of the empire you got me you you got me sold if if yeah you put you put thunder force 3 on the sega side of that and i'll i'll buy i'll buy that tenfold because <laughs> that is that is one heck of a game if you haven't played thunder force the thunder force series at all you need to go out and play them those are some really good side scrolling space shooters they are just amazing games and um i was actually having a conversation about how sega wasn't as superior of a system as the snes but their soundboard was just insane and the the music and the soundtracks that came out under uh the sega soundboard bar none some of the best music that i've ever heard in my life like i still am an avid uh listener of the uh soundtrack for streets of rage 2 um i love all of the sonic uh uh soundtracks i think they're all amazing like they had some dope music back then nes2 nes had some really dope music i'm not saying that the snes didn't have good music um but i think you know what what is it the saying is a little goes a long way so i think with the little bit that they had like i mean as simple as as the nintendo was as far as their sound capabilities they had some bangers as far as like music and sega sega did as well so um but definitely play thunder force 3 if you have not um they also announced that um they're going to be releasing um an exclusive uh bluetooth nintendo 64 controller so if you're really about that life and you really want to get that full experience um they're going to have it for you it's 50 bucks so like i don't know like i'm I'm probably just gonna play it as as capable as as best I can, um, you know, on the Joy Cons. I'm not really about the nostalgia like that. Like I didn't buy the regular NES Bluetooth controller. I didn't do the SNES one. At the SNES one, I did want though. Like that one. That's one of the coolest controllers that exist in all video game history. Um, but. I think I'll pass on the N64 one. And then like, I think they, I think they, they did another hiccup. Cause like they, they put out the original three button, um, Sega controller, which that's cool and nostalgic, but you should have just put out the, you should have put out the six button, put out the six button. Because here's the thing. I know that at some point they're going to put fighters out. They they got to put fighters out. But maybe maybe that'll be another cash grab. Maybe maybe they'll announce you know three fighters being released on the same day um and with that being said, here's here's the six button controller. You know, because I remember trying to play um Mortal Kombat and 
Street Fighter Champions Edition on Sega Genesis, and they weren't bad games on those systems. Don't get me wrong, but trying to play them on three buttons, it just no, it no, 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 no. I definitely went out and got that got that six button controller immediately uh, after uh, I got those games. So yeah, that's uh, what they announced with that, and I believe uh, I believe the the new um, <clears throat> subscription base is going to be announced in October. So we'll find out exactly what the increase is as far as uh, the price. And it's it's totally an opt-in, you know, which is really cool too. It's an opt-in. So it's like, you know, if you're not really thinking to play Nintendo 64, if that really isn't your bag, um, you're not really in the Sega Genesis, you don't have to. You just continue paying what you pay yearly. Um, you know, but for what it's worth... I, I will invest um, off the top because I think that, you know, the games that they're going to launch with on the Nintendo 64 side and on the Sega side are pretty worthwhile. And, you know, couple that up with the games I'm already holding on to. Psh, can't beat it with a stick. Um, lastly, um, they finally, finally, finally um, revealed a gameplay trailer of uh bayonetta 3 and it was as gaudy and and uh you know it it really had kind of fans kind of anticipating because you know the beginning of the scene like you don't you don't see her for like the first i don't know minute of the trailer and then she pops on screen and you know uh throws a couple of one-liners out there she's just basically the female version of dante um but she's just way way sexier um yeah, and they, and they just basically showed a bunch of, you know, actual in-game uh, footage. You know, they showed a lot of combat. It looks really, really smooth. It looks really, really amazing. Um, one of the things that, that I thought was really funny is uh, they showed Lappy from um, Astral Chain in the trailer, which is one of my favorite games. And it's, it's so funny because I've never played a Bayonetta game. Um, I know it's a very well-respected franchise. Same thing with, like, No More Heroes. Like, I've never played that franchise. And I know that it's widely respected um, the world over. But Bayonetta, like, I didn't really consider Bayonetta 3 until I played Astral Chain because I knew that it was coming out and, you know, Astral Chain had actually released. And I played that and I said, oh, my goodness, if these are the people that are making Bayonetta 3 then I'm absolutely going to buy it because I love Astral Chain. Like, it's such a dynamic game. The combat is super slick, super fun. I must have been missing a whole lot by not playing the other games, but I'm totally on board uh, for Bayonetta 3 because it looks really, really good. Um, What else? Um, I think that was pretty much it, you know, that I, you know, that stuck out to me. You know, there was a lot of other stuff that they showed, you know, Splatoon 3, <clears throat> um, you know, just a, just a bunch of, you know, loose information. And it was all good. You know, like I said, it's it's nothing, you know, it's nothing that they did wrong. I don't think that it was a lackluster show. You know, if I had to score it on stars five out of five, I give them like a four and a half. I think it was really exciting stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to to the releases within the next year. And Bayonetta is coming out in uh, 2022. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. And there was this mysterious character because when the date appeared 
on the trailer, um, you know, they somebody sliced the date and it kind of whisked away in its flames. And they showed this guy and kind of like very, <clears throat> you know, shadowed out. But and I couldn't tell who he was. And I was just like, OK, now they're showing, you know, they're basically that might be the antagonist. I am I'm, I'm assuming, but I don't know. Um, one of the things that, you know, that I was interested in was the fact that with Lappy showing up, I was like, yo, this will be really, really cool if if um, the universe is shared with the Astral Chain universe or maybe in the story of Bayonetta, you know, she crosses over in, into a dimension and maybe she'll run across, you know, the protagonist of, of Astral Chain. I don't know. To be quite honest, like even though Bayonetta 3 is exciting, I cannot wait until they make Astral Chain 2. Like, I, man, I cannot wait for that game because Astral Chain is just such a good game. It's such a great game. Um, so, yeah, that was the Nintendo Direct. Um, flipping the script, going a little rogue here, uh, we're going to talk about some wrestling. Um, I wanted to talk about um, AEW and what they're up to and how they're killing it right now. Like, I don't, man, it's really nothing I can say. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about any matches or anything like that, but I definitely wanted to just put people on notice. Like if you don't think AEW is like really doing anything right now, or you don't know much about what's going on at AEW, you got to go check that show out, man. Like AEW is doing some big things. And to be quite honest, they've, they've come a long way from, you know, when they were, um, you know, when, when they were doing all in and which I still, to this day, like, I still feel like that should be the name of their show. I don't know why they changed it to all out. Um, I like all in because I, I always, I used to, I used to talk to my friend about this and, uh, I always liked this concept of, and, and they, use they, they really do execute on this level because, you know, they, bring people from different promotions and and from around the world. And I love the thought of, are you all in, you know? So if you are all in, bring your best and let them showcase it at this show, because this show is the standard that lets, uh, lets the world know that you're in, you know? And, um, you know, they, they, they change it to all out. It is what it is. But, um, but man, AEW is killing it, dude. Like, they, you know, it's crazy because it's kind of like you can observe it the way that I thought about it for a while. Because my whole thing was like, you know, especially around the time when WWE was first releasing a lot of their wrestlers and stuff. And I was like, you know, watching a lot of these people uh, show up at AEW. And I think my one concern was like they got to slow down, you know, because acquiring talent is important, but you don't you don't want this to just be, you know, a level of picking up the scraps that drop from the dinner table. Cause that's pretty much the impression that I was getting, but I was, you know, I immediately changed my tune when I thought about the scraps that were being picked up. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you got Christian cage, um, you got, <clears throat> you got Andrade, you know, you got Brian Danielson, you know, you got some really big names. You got some huge names 
right? You got CM freaking Punk. Like, this is a guy I never thought would wrestle again. And to be quite honest, I missed his entire prime. Like, we're, I'm not going to joke with you. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know, he he's he's just he, he's going to he's right at the end of his. Prime. No, he's he's pretty much dated and done. You know, um, can he still perform? Absolutely. But it's kind of like he said in his promo, you know, like he wants to work with people, you know, and I think this is just more an appreciation for the art and the craft of professional wrestling then this is a story about someone who needs to prove to themselves that they they can still be competitive or be a top draw. The man is always going to draw. He's basically Brock Lesnar in WWE. You know, no matter what Brock does, he can come out in a flannel and a ponytail and a beard and he's going to draw that money. And CM Punk is the same exact way. It's like they man, they 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 got themselves they got themselves a killer shark right there. Because every time that dude touches the mic, it's gold. It is absolute gold. And I just, like, I literally tune in just for his promos. Like, that is the reason that I am invested. And I just, you know, I loved his buildup from when they first signed him um, up to his match, you know, at All Out. Um, I'm really happy. This is going to sound so nitpicky. But, look, I, I, I have a right to be. I've been a fan of wrestling for years. Um, I wasn't a big fan of CM Punk's, uh, attire at all out. I, you know, I thought the long trunks thing just wasn't his style. I just didn't think it was his style, you know, and it's in certain, certain, certain people can pull off, you know, wardrobe changes like that. And then it just doesn't work for others. And I just, I just, you know, it's, it's, it, it felt like, it felt like, uh, when, when Triple H, uh transition to the uh the quarter cuts when you know the ones that stopped at his calves it was just like yeah no he like you just you don't look good it's not it's not a good look for you my friend um and yeah i just i wasn't really into the cm punk with the long and so i was just dreading you know like and and i would you know it would have been a pill to swallow but i'd have swallowed it anyway but i was super happy um to see him at rampage you know with his classic look i was super stoked and super happy and i i know he said that you know it's been a long time since he's you know wrestled in a tire like that so it's a comfort issue and i'm just glad he really got over that hump quickly and got us back to seeing the cm punk that we know and love um i enjoyed his promo on dynamite though you know where he was saying that you know uh people want to see the the angry cm punk and he's he's such a he, you know what i like about cm punk he's such a um a, not a spoiler but he definitely lets you know that he that we're on the horizon for things so it's almost like he almost hinted that you know somewhere down the line there will be a heel turn but you have to wait and i love that and and i can't wait for heel cm punk to uh to uh you know make his arrival you know known in in aew um but right now they're killing it man and you know it, it was it was such a conversation in the beginning about whether you know their shows you know your dynamite your you know dark and and rampage if they could be sustainable 
compared to shows like, you know, your Monday Night Raws, your SmackDowns and, you know, your your NXT. Um, and I remember in the beginning, like the main argument that I would always hear is, well, AEW can't compare to the WWE's flag shows because they're just not that big or that great. Um, but they can compete with NXT and that's their true rival. And I was just like, nah, you know, I don't see it that way. I definitely see a company that, you know, needs time to grow, to become what that it to become what WWE has always been. Can they ever reach that threshold? Absolutely. Um, but it will definitely take time. Like, do I think AEW can take on Monday Night Raw? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think it would be suicide for them to do um, a show on Monday. Wow. Cause, because one thing that Vince is not lacking is premier talent. And I and I, I think more fans would be, you know, um, inclined to tune in to uh, Brock Lesnar, a Roman Reigns, you know, scenario, you know, then anything that I mean, the only thing that could probably stop that is a CM Punk promo. If if a CM Punk promo was going on at the same time as a Roman Reigns uh, main event. Yeah, that, that that's a pickle. I mean, I'd, I'd probably be switching back and forth trying to catch both, to be honest. Um, but AEW is doing some really good things. Um you know, I think like even though All Out is such a big show, I feel like I feel like AEW needs to work harder to make the show feel more grand. You know, like they, you know, like I know that they've been making it a staple to go back to Chicago every single time, but I think it would be really cool for AEW to, you know, make that effort like like the Super Bowl or like WrestleMania um, where, you know, you, you travel out to, you know, the, the bigger markets and you try to generate more fans because I don't, you know, I for one believe that they could totally come to Los Angeles and sell out, you know, the new stadium over, <clears throat> over here. I think they could totally do it. I think they could totally go to Vegas and sell out, you know, that to sell out that stadium over there or that dome that they have, you know, like they can sell out these big, these big, big arenas. I really, truly believe they can. Um, and I think, you know, I'm pretty sure that somewhere down the line they will they will try because, man, it's it's certain it's certain talent that they have where like perfect example they just had this match with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. This was probably one of the best free shows I've ever seen in my life. Like that was, that was pay-per-view worthy. And to be quite honest, that is, that's the type of match that should have been a spectacle in front of, double the fans that they had in attendance they were in a sold-out arena period but i would have understood more if if that was done in front of double what they had in that arena you got to do a show you got those two wrestlers you got to be in front of a hundred thousand people easy 
like that that was lightning in a bottle and i i absolutely hope that you know down the line um you know because eventually eventually we're gonna have to start talking about championships moving around right like they did AEW did exactly what they should have done with the people who have held the belt you know chris jericho being your inaugural champion john moxley holding the belt for more than a year and you know and, and it was super cool to have the best wrestler in the world in my opinion and kenny omega to just fall back and say i'm gonna let everybody you know um get their piece of the pie and i'll and i'll wait it out and then i'm going to run shop until you know we start to sign some of the more legit talent that that could that people would see beat me and say i totally could see that happening i totally saw that happening because i because honestly i'm going to tell you like this skill for skill blow for blow you can never convince me that moxley is better than kenny omega it's just not in my no he's a different type of wrestler in my opinion um but a brian danielson bro that that is like that is like roman coliseum type level event like that that's a seismic shift if ever there was one like you you pay for stuff like that and they gave it to us for free like i can't man so i can't wait till till you like i said the the championship starts shifting a little bit i'm definitely excited to see brian danielson uh become champion there um i'm super excited to see cm punk uh hopefully hold that belt at least once um because the one thing the one thing about cm punk is that when he's on top he is electric i mean he's electric now like like that's the whole observation this guy is super talented in every respect of his profession but when he's on top and he's being billed as a champion this dude is like on a whole different plane and I and I'm telling you, the the minute they give that dude that belt, it is going to be a wrap for WWE in whatever in, in whatever respect of competition they feel like they have. CM Punk is going to murder them when he gets a championship around his waist. Well, I won't I won't say a championship. It has to be the AEW Heavyweight Championship, and then from there we can move. And I and I honestly, to be quite honest. I hope when he does obtain it, I hope he obtains it as a heel. I need heel CM. I love heel CM Punk champion. He talks the biggest, you know, the biggest stuff when he is a heel. And I love it. I absolutely love it. As far as WWE is concerned, you know, like I like I'm not like I talk up a lot about AEW, but it's not like I'm saying WWE doesn't have talent or they don't have, you know, a way to remain the number one choice for wrestling. See, the thing the thing that I've always you know, I, I grew up in the era um, of watching rock and roll wrestling you know I, that, that's when i grew up back when they had all the celebrities that were integrating into wrestling so they could sell it as like 
a legitimate form of entertainment. And I give credit where credit is due. You know, Vince McMahon is is a visionary. And he saw professional wrestling exceeding the, you know, the uh, the definition of just being a, a, a sport, which wasn't even taking legitimate, at, you know, at all. Because people, I mean, yeah, people get hurt and stuff, but this stuff is all staged out, right? So what better way to legitimize the stage than to just turn it into entertainment? And, you know, like that part was cool, you know, because the one thing that Vince McMahon did over the years is he built true life heroes and villains. Like that's something that, you know, like if I have to knock AEW for anything, you know, they got to work on that aspect because you got wrestlers you like. But there's still room for heroes and villains. We got too many gray area wrestlers. And I think it's really important to like play the role. And, you know, you do have wrestlers who uh, can embody that and have done so like Chris Jericho when he was heel champ, like dude, ultimate villain, ultimate villain. All you wanted to do was see him lose. And he kept winning. And it was like that. That's what you need. And that's something that WWE knows how to do <clears throat> they know how to build heroes and they know how to build villains but what's their problem so their problem is two things in my opinion the first thing is they've oversaturated their roster you have too much talent you have way too much talent you have more talent than you have time to give them uh to be observed by you know the public people who watch your product people come and they watch your product and you just you don't have enough room for everybody to have a shot you know and wrestling is such a tricky sport or or a tricky you know form of entertainment because you can only have one world champion you can only have one intercontinental champion you can only have you know ta you know one group of tag teams you know this and this is why you know this is why they've employed the strategy of expanding the championships that they have so the first thing they did was they made a universal championship and now they have you know championships divided between each brand of their company You know, so it's like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you pay, how do you pay homage to the people that are deserving to be in, in, in these particular spots while still, you know, giving legitimate credit to those who, who are in that moment? Like, do I think Roman Reigns, is legitimately, you know, a great universal champion? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he's a perfect universal champion. Is Big E, you know, is he a good WWE champion? Absolutely. But in that same stretch, 
there are people who have obtained that stand on the hill and have just been, you know, knocked off, you know, before I could even have a chance to appreciate what we have. You know, like I felt like Kofi Kingston's run was the biggest joke in the world in the in the in the respect of them not giving him an ample amount of time to be a viable champion. Like I, I was totally bought into him winning it and everything, but they didn't give him enough to run with it and say, man, he had a really good run. You know, I feel like it was Finn Balor's destiny to be the universal champion. And yeah, he had the unfortunate event of getting injured right after, you know, winning the thing, but they should have let him rehab from injury, come back and get that belt right back on his waist. Like, I, I don't even see what the argument is. You know, like, I, I I just think they have way too much talent. And I think a lot of their, a lot of the talent is just top tier, you know. And when you got so much top tier talent, how many of them can you allow to stand on the hill? It's just not uh, not enough room for everybody. And I just think, you know, like, you know, for me personally, it just it just like like it doesn't bother me when I see people like Adam Cole come over to AEW. Why? Because he was wasted talent. Same with Andrade, like the, the wasted talent. That dude should have been a WWE champion two or three times over. Easily. Adam Cole should have should have been one of the best Intercontinental champions. You know, but they don't like they don't utilize their top talent in a manner that that is efficient and sufficient for them you know like one of the things i heard i don't know how true it is but there you know there was the story going around that they were going to call up adam cole to be keith lee's manager and that they were going they were thinking about changing his name and his look like really but that's a difference you know the difference with wwe and AEW. you know in WWE, you're playing a role. And to be quite honest, I wouldn't have a problem being on either roster. Because I love wrestling so much, you know, I would probably prefer to be at AEW. But the thing about WWE, and, and this is what people forget, because and, and, and I say this because I want people to understand, even when the talent isn't being utilized, those dudes are still getting paid. You get paid to ride the bench. You know, there there's a lot of talent that shows up city to city and don't even get to see the ring. But they get paid. To me, I'm not mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at all. I would be just stacking my chips. The only thing coming out of my pocket is the flight. And what 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 am I doing, you know? Yeah, it, yeah, it would be cool to be competitive, but 
bro, I get to still work out. I get to, I get to eat catering. I get to, you know, be in the back and, and ballyhoo with all the, all the other talent and just chill out. And I'm not hurting myself, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like these people are sitting at home and not getting paid. But it, but again, the, the, the part where it does become an issue is when, you know, when, um, you know, you got the head honchos, they, they, when they, when they take notice that, Hey, yeah, we do have a lot of talent who's just showing up to shows and getting paid to do so. So then they start cutting people and WWE is not, they are not a stranger to cutting, you know, some big names. You know, they've been cutting people left and right for the past couple of years. And like I said, I mean, for for what for what it's worth, the people who have showed up in AEW, I think they're right where they belong. I do think that it's incumbent upon the success of AEW to not scoop up every single person. You know, they got to learn when to say no. I think the people that they've they've acquired through WWE or, you know, through them leaving WWE, I think I think it's all been perfect. I think everybody who who they've let go or or have been released or fired or whatever they are exactly where they need to be. So that begs my last question. Do I think that Bray Wyatt should show up to AEW? I think absolutely not. I know a lot of people are saying, what? Like, he could be the leader of the Dark Order. And I kind of thought that too. But it's just too much. I think that I think that his signing it, it it's almost like a package deal that I would be expecting because I, I said this on one of the other shows where like if you bring him you got to bring Eric Rowan you got to bring Braun Strowman and 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 here's the thing in bringing all three of them you got to pay them because those are blockbuster uh, people but what I think should happen. Is I think that I think that Bray should go to I think he should go to Japan, and I think the same thing for Braun Strowman. I think I think both of them should go to Japan. You know, there are some AEW signees that I am questioning. Like I don't know why they would sign Paul White. AKA the big show. Like, I don't, I don't know why. Like he, he is so over his time that it's borderline embarrassing. And I'm not saying like, he's not talented, but the matches just don't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. He was, you know, his prime was in WWE at the end of the Monday Night Wars. That was his prime. And then all that, you know, that that punch stuff, you know, punch people in the face, knocking them out and all that, that stuff was such a gimmick. And it's like, I, I, once he was off of WWE, I was like, good, now he can retire. And I thought the same thing for Mark Henry. And I love Mark Henry. But... 
they don't need you on commentary. They don't need you as a manager. They, you're a Hall of Famer, dude. Just go home. You know, I, 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 and I also thought this about other, you know, people that they brought around, like your Jake Roberts. Like I, I thought that was kind of cool because everybody wants to know that Jake Roberts is is okay and he's fine. But it was just so unnecessary for him to be there. It's just certain people you just don't tap to make a presence. And I'm not hating, you know, I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just, you know, for me, I feel like there's better, there's better ways that they can utilize um, the talent that they already have, as opposed to acquiring people that just absolutely make no sense, no sense whatsoever. It just doesn't make any sense. Like how long do we expect Sting to wrestle? Which again, I'm not saying anything about his talent. I think he's a very talented wrestler. But I'm I'm just I'm more I'm more invested with the youth. I want to see the future of wrestling. I for one stopped living in the past of wrestling years ago. And we have to stop thinking that the past is giving legitimacy to our present because it's truly not. It's really not like, you know, can can I can I make that exception with a person like CM Punk? Yes. Because CM Punk, you know, and he's even said in his promo. He, he stopped professional wrestling back when he left Ring of Honor and hasn't done so since. And I and I honestly believe him. Everything that he's done in the in between that with WWE and UFC, totally unnecessary. So I I would accept him to capture the time that he wasn't allowed to be what he is by blood, which is a professional wrestler. And if he just gives me two good years of doing professional wrestling, he'll go down as a legend to me. But again, your big shows, you know, your Mark Henry's like they're already legends to me. They're already legends. So like I, I don't I don't you know, like I don't see why their presence is necessary there. But what do you guys think? I mean, you know, are you into AEW over WWE? Do you think WWE is going down the tube or you think that they can smash AEW some way? What do you guys think about the uh, Nintendo uh, Direct? Did you guys see any game that uh, stuck out to you and excited you and got you ready? Are you excited for the Nintendo 64 online? Um, how do you feel about the Sega Genesis addition uh, to the online capabilities of Nintendo? Um what do you think about Bayonetta 3 trailer? Um, and are you ready for Metroid uh, coming out on October the 8th uh, with some dread? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You guys can always hit me up at Podbean, um, right where my uh, podcast is available, um, as well as Spotify, Apple, iTunes, wherever you can listen to podcasts. Um, you know, just hit me up. Let me know. So with that being said, I'm going to get out of here. Hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I know I'm going to enjoy mines, play some games, have fun, 
And most of all, and most importantly, take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>